All right. We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 15 this morning. If you've got a Bible and you want to follow along, that's where we're going to be. We're going to take all of our points right out of Deuteronomy chapter 15. That is in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, number five there. If you don't have a Bible or you're quite convinced that you would never find Deuteronomy, it's going to be right up here on the screens for you. Now, six years ago, uh, the Lord began to speak to, to me, speak to Lisa, speak to our family about me leaving a business that I had helped start. I was a co-owner of a business, and the Lord, uh, in fact, what he said was, you need to leave, you need to go to the church full time, and you don't need to sell your part of the business, you just give it away, and you go to the church. Now, it's not that my, my heart wasn't to be at the church full time. The issue was that the church couldn't afford me. So what the Lord was asking me to do was take a 50% pay cut to come and do ministry full time. And have you ever noticed that God doesn't ask you to do things when it's the most convenient time to do it? He's got this way about him, doesn't he? We had one daughter that was uh, in private school. We had our oldest daughter that had left for college, and we were just bringing our third daughter into our family. It wasn't a time where I needed to lose half of my income. But this is what the Lord said to do. And I would love to tell you that before the first bill even came along, God had made it all up to me, but it didn't happen that way. Old preacher used to say, God doesn't always pay up at the first of the month, but he always pays up. And my family, we've seen this over, over the last year. Many of you know that, that I went through a, a life-threatening illness, and along with life-threatening illness comes lots of bills. I had insurance, but unfortunately, you don't realize how bad your insurance is until you, uh, all the bills start coming in. Thank God I did have insurance because we ran about half a million dollars in, in, in bills. But when the insurance had paid off, everything was said and done, we were left with $127,000 in medical debt. And I, I wanted way back six years ago, you know, Lord, you need to make this up to me. I have, I've given part of my business. I've given my income. And even during those, those times when it was so tight, it was so tough, we never stopped giving. We just had to learn to cut back on some things. I know this is going to shock these folks over here. We lived two years without Internet. Whoa. But God didn't pay up when I thought he should pay up. But when I really needed it, he did. And over this last year, I've seen God move over and over and over again to the point that if I had not gotten into some fear and gotten into some pressure and put some of those bills on, on a, a credit card, I would be at zero right now. People that I didn't even know started giving me money. Bills started disappearing. I'm, and I'm, I'm being really, really honest. The bill that was there that I had paid on two or three months in a row, I go to pay on it again, and that bill is gone. And you contact him and you say, uh, what happened to my bill? We don't know what bill you're talking about. 
to the point that if, if you look just at the, at the medical bills right now, it's zero. Once again, if I hadn't done something stupid with a credit card, I really believe it would be completely zero. God doesn't always pay up when we think he should pay up, but when we have a heart to give, he does pay up. So we're in a series called Money Pit. We've been talking about giving, and my lesson this morning is how to be a Scrooge. It is 853,000 degrees outside. Let's think about Christmas. Okay? Some of you, I'm quite sure you're probably just like me. You sing Christmas carols all year round, don't you? Yeah? I sing Christmas carols. It, it, it annoys Lisa so much. She'll go, quit singing Christmas carols. There's, there's like a day on the calendar when I'm officially allowed to start singing Christmas carols. I would sing one for you right now, but the worship team would be so overwhelmed, they'd ask me to be a part of the team, and I don't have time for that. But I'm going to show you this morning four things from Deuteronomy chapter 15 and the story of Scrooge about where our treasure should be. There's two places of weakness when our treasure is in money and two places of strength when our treasure is in people. Matthew 6.21 tells us where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we want our treasure to be in the right place. All right. Did you find Deuteronomy? All right. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 7 and 8. And I'm actually going to start in the middle of verse 7. It says, you shall not harden your heart, nor close your hand from your poor brother, but you shall freely open your hand to him. And shall generously lend him sufficient for his need in whatever he lacks. So here's the first thing that I want you to see. When our treasure is in money, we have a hard heart. Really, it's a selfish heart. A selfish heart takes and rarely gives. And when it does give, it demands something in return. See, to truly be, to be generous in giving... I'm giving without the expectation of anything coming back to me. I'm giving. In the story of the, the, the Christmas carol, the spirit of Scrooge's business partner appears to him and calls out Scrooge for his selfishness. And the conversation kind of goes like this. I've updated it just a little bit. But it says, Jacob, you were always a good businessman, said Scrooge. Business, cried Jacob. People should have been my business. Charity, mercy, and benevolence should have been my business. We're on this planet to make a difference in people's lives. When our treasure is in money and not in people, a hard heart causes us to see people's needs as obstacles in my way instead of an opportunity for me to help somebody see their needs met. A hard heart will always be seen in our lack of generosity. And I'm not, try I'm not trying to be mean. You guys know me well enough to know. 
But when we hold on to our money so tight-fistedly that we can't give, it's really showing a condition of our heart. It's not that I don't have enough to give. Jesus commended a lady one time for giving a penny. <laughs> that she's dropped just a, just a penny into the offering. It's the heart. And God's looking at our heart. But when we hang on to things so tightly, so hard-heartedly, it's going to show up. You mad at me yet? Good. People that are didn't say anything. So. There was a mother whose name may or not be Lisa. And she had two daughters. Their names may or may not be Elise and Hannah. And this mom was making pancakes for uh, her daughters one morning. And I know that you, you find this hard to believe. All parents will find this hard to believe. But they, they were arguing about who was going to get the first pancake. This was just last week. This was... <laughs> So they're arguing about who's going to get the first pancake. And this mom, whose name may or may not be Lisa, she saw an opportunity to, to teach a little bit. And, and she told them that, you know, uh, or she asked them, what, what, what would Jesus say if he was here? Wouldn't he say, you know, let my sister have the, have the first pancake and I will wait? And uh, Elise looked at her little sister and said, Hannah, you be Jesus this time. <laughs> Don't be a Scrooge. Don't be a Scrooge that always wants to take and never give. Remember, people are our business. Amen? All right, back in Deuteronomy chapter 15. I know I'm moving fast, but i got to make up a little bit of time, and we're going to take communion at the end here. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 10 says, You shall generously give to him, and your heart, and your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him. Because for, the, for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all of your work, and in all of your undertakings. When our treasure is in money, we have a grieved heart. If we're grieved after we've given, we've given for the wrong reason. We've either given just to get, or we've given out of compulsion instead of out of compassion. When I was, uh, when I was in, in college studying for ministry, uh, they told the story about a, a preacher who had come a couple of years before I got there, and, and he spoke in our chapel. And he told the story about when he went to, to school to study for ministry. He, he was already married. He was already in his 30s, had kids, and he had to move his family across the country to go to school. And they had just this, this junky old car, and he was very concerned about it, about it breaking down all the time. So he began to pray and ask the Lord to bless him with another car. And the Lord said, give yours away. And we don't like that. Lord, you give me something and then I will give away. Don't try to take away from me even the junk that I do have. 
But the Lord said, you give yours away. So he was obedient. He found somebody who that old junky car would bless. He found somebody, somebody that, that knew something about mechanics, and he gave the car to this guy, and it blessed this guy. Now, this, this preacher and his family, they don't have a car. And for the next few weeks, they're, they're walking everywhere. They're, they're riding a bus everywhere. And in that moment, he could have, had a, uh, he could have grieved over giving. God, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, Lord, why did you ask me to do that? Lord, look at my family now. But he didn't do that. He was faithful. And after not too long a time, somebody came along and gave them a car, a better car than what they had. God was faithful. But here's the end of the story. A bunch of dumb college students sitting in there listening to this story. What did they hear? They didn't hear Hear what God says and do what God tells you to do. They heard, if I give my car away, I'll get a new one. (laughs) And there was some students who gave their cars away, and I'm sure the the people that received those cars were blessed, but these knuckle-headed students spent the rest of the year walking to class, walking to school. Why? Because they were giving, not out of compassion, but out of compulsion. Let me take it a little, little bit deeper. When we're wounded emotionally, we begin to grieve and our generosity dries up. The spirit of Christmas past showed Scrooge his hurts from the past was consuming his present. We've all got a past. And if we live according to our past, it's going to consume our present. What's going on right now in my life if I continue just to hang on to those hurts from the past? Scrooge grieved the rejection from his father, which caused him to believe that money was the way to gain stability. Scrooge grieved his inability to love once money had become his God. When he was poor, he had gotten engaged. But now that he had money, he couldn't love anything but the money. Healing for grief comes when we open up and we start to give of ourselves and our finances. Let's look at the scripture again. Deuteronomy 15.10, the last part of it says, Because for this thing, what thing? When we give... When we give because of this thing, the Lord, your God, will bless you in all your work and your undertakings. Now, I know that he was speaking to the the nation of Israel, but these are, are spiritual concepts that we can take. And we can say, Lord... When I'm giving, when I'm not being hard-hearted, when I'm not, being, when I'm not grieved that I've, that I've given, Lord, I'm being generous, then you can bless my work. You can bless what I do. Even physical healing can come from a generous heart. When Lisa and I were, were first married, we, we traveled with, with an evangelist. His name was R.W. Schambach. And he tells the story of when he was young in ministry, and he traveled with an evangelist whose name was A.A. A. Allen. And Allen tells the story about a time when, when they, they were uh, doing healing ministry, and he's just going down the line. He's just praying for people. 
And he, com- he comes to a lady who's blind in one eye, and, and he goes to pray for her, and the Spirit of God speaks up on the inside and says, don't pray for that lady. And he stops. He's shocked. He said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. This has never happened before, but, but the Lord has just told me I cannot pray for you. Well, indignant, <laughs> she leaves. The next night, they're having meetings again. And Alan starts praying for people again. Well, the lady gets back in line, and he's just praying. He's not really paying attention to what, what or who he's praying for, but he comes up, and he goes to, to pray for this lady again, and the Lord says, don't pray for that lady. And he stops again. He says, ma'am, I'm, I'm so sorry, but the Lord's still telling me, I cannot pray for you. <sighs> just mad she walks out. Next night, three times in a row, she gets back in the line again. He starts praying again. This time he recognizes her, and he gets up to her, and he says, Lady, I don't know what's going on, but you know that I can't pray for you. And in that moment, she stops, and she repents. You see, the Lord had been speaking to her, and her disobedience was, Disobedience was holding her back from receiving what God wanted her to have. And she repents. And this is what she says. She said, Lord, I know you've been speaking to me, and I'm so sorry. I will start tithing. And her eye popped open immediately. She didn't have to go through the physical act. She didn't write out a check. She didn't do anything. It was a change of heart. We've got to be obedient to what the Lord is speaking to us about if we want to receive from the Lord what we want to get from Him. So we don't want to have a hard heart. We don't want to have a a grieving heart. Deuteronomy 15, verse 14. You shall furnish Him liberally from your flock And from your threshing floor and from your wine vat, you shall give to him as the Lord your God has blessed you. Now let's flip it over and look at the other side. When we find our treasure in people, we will acquire a liberal heart. Now I know that word liberal just makes some of you squirm just hearing it. But a liberal heart is a generous heart. It says, give according to how you've been blessed. Have you been blessed? Are we giving back to God with the same measure that he's giving to us? Let's take it a little bit deeper. Give according to how you want to be blessed. Give. See, it's a spiritual concept. Give and it shall be given. And that's not just about money. What do you need? Give. The spirit of Christmas present showed Scrooge that when his treasure was in wealth, he was really trying to protect himself from hurts by pushing people away, by keeping people away. He was missing relationships with people. We try to protect ourselves with vows and actions that only enhance the pain. You may have grown up in in, in a rough situation. And now you're trying to provide for yourself. You're trying to protect yourself. 
You may have gone through some, some hurt and some pain in your life, and now I'm trying to protect myself. Well, you weren't meant to be your protector. God is your protector. And as long as we're protecting ourselves, we're just prolonging the pain. It looks like this, and I've done this. I don't trust people because of what I've gone through. So I won't let them close. And then I wonder why I don't have any friends. But when we develop a liberal heart, we begin to give of ourselves, either emotionally or financially, and we do it in faith. Sometimes we got to open up and be vulnerable again by faith because we've been hurt. Sometimes we have to give, and we should always give financially by faith. And we do it, we realize the more that we give, the more the Lord gives back. Now that same daughter that was insistent on getting the first pancake grew up, and she went to Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas, which is a Bible school in Dallas. And uh, she went just about the time that, that, that I was leaving my other job. So she knew when she was there that, that she was going to have to work. She was going to have to pay for most of school by herself, um, which made, you know, dad just feel like a heel. Crushed my pride. Just, yeah. But anyway, to graduate from Christ for the Nations, you have to go on a mission trip. And this wonderful daughter of mine could have picked to go to Miami for $800, but no, she heard God <laughs> and had to go to the UK for $4,000. Now... We're trying to get her school paid off. We're trying to, we're trying to get her funded for, for this mission trip. And she's behind. A lot of people already have their mission trips paid off. And she calls me one morning. And she said, Dad, I just got my paycheck. And I know that I should put it on my trip. She said, but I believe God's telling me to give it away. She said, there's somebody else on our team and she's in worse shape than I am. <laughs> Time to quit. <laughs> Bow your heads. <laughs> so she said that the Lord told her to, to, to give her paycheck away. She said, I believe that this is, gonna, this is really going to minister this, to, this, to this young lady that's on our, our team, this girl that's on our team. And I said, you do whatever God tells you to do. Because in those moments, you were so proud of your kids, I, I would have sold organs to make sure that she got on that trip. Yeah. So she goes and cashes her check, and she, goes, and she gives that money away to, to this, this little girl that's, that's on her, her team. And it, and it blesses this girl immensely. But you know that's not the end of the story, right? Within a week, within a week, God had given back to her four times what she had given, and it paid off her trip. 
Now, am I saying that that money would have never come in? I don't know. But I know obedience opens the door to blessing. And she got to bless somebody, and God blessed her. All right. We're going to finish up right here. Deuteronomy 15, 15. It says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this day. Command you what? To give. To be generous. To not have a hard heart. To not have a grieving heart. But remember that you were once in a mess. You ever been in a mess? And has God ever gotten you out of the mess? And if we forget that we've been in the mess, then sometimes we'll start pointing at people who are in a mess. But when we keep that heart, in other words, when we find our treasure in people, we will live with a grateful heart. Not just generous, but God has done so much for me, I'm going to live with a grateful heart. The spirit of Christmas future showed Scrooge that his life was worthless without seeing people as the real treasure. Scrooge remembered who he once was. I love reading the book of Acts because you know what? Paul always goes back to, you know, one time I used to be this, but I had this experience. And those of us that, hey, if you got saved in children's church, that's great. But those of us that that were old enough to have been heathens and done it well, it is exciting when I stop and think about what God has done for me. I remember what I used to be. I remember the hurt that I used to have. I remember the stupidity that I lived in. And now I recognize what God has done for me. So I don't want to just be generous. I want to be grateful. I want to live with a grateful heart. Scrooge remembered who he once was. And he realized what he had become. And he repented. He became a new man. If our treasure is in wealth, our heart will be stingy. If our treasure is in people, our heart will be to give liberally. And at NCC, our treasure is in people. I'm talking corporately. One thing that you may not know, that the first 10% of every dime that comes into this building gets taken out. It's not spent on us. It's not spent on salaries. It is spent in ministry, giving to other ministries because this church tithes. We give to missionaries all over the world. We give to orphanages. We minister to the homeless. We give to widows. Did you know that that in this body there are widows and they get a check from the church every month because we support our widows. Now, it's not that much, so don't you ladies get any ideas. (laughs) But we want to show love. We give. Not only do we give, but we send. This very morning, Haley Crouch is in Israel representing New Covenant Church. This very morning, Gabriella Gill is in Mongolia. 
We're supporting her while she goes to 11 nations in 11 months. This coming September through December. Hannah and Chase Hubner are going to be in England doing ministry. We're going to support them. And this morning, Pastor Sam is in Delaware doing ministry. Not only is he preaching in, in a church of his friends, but he's spending time with, with a struggling church, pouring into them as well. Not only that, but he's going to have the opportunity to go to Romania and Belarus in October. Next year, he's going to get to go to Honduras and Cuba because we sinned. We gratefully give because we've been given to greatly. Some of the last words in the story of A Christmas Carol is, Scrooge was better than his word. He did all of it and more. Can that be said of us? You know, it's easy to post stuff on on social media. It's easy to put up scriptures. It's easy to talk about Jesus, but do we live it? It's easy to sit through through a sermon and say amen, but it's another thing to live out that amen every day. So we want to be generous. What I want you to know this morning, when our treasure is in wealth, it will be seen in our hard and grieving heart. When our treasure is in people, it will be seen in our generous and grateful heart. What do I want you to feel? I want you to feel the joy that comes from freedom. The freedom from the hurts that would cause us to be selfish and greedy. The the freedom from the hurts that would cause us to try to self-protect. And what do I want you to do? I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit. That's going to lovingly show you the motives of your own heart. That's what he does, and he does it very, very well. The Holy Spirit is wanting to set you free so you can give and love without fear.